Happy New Year and welcome back to the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. And I can't think of a better way to kick off the new year and the new decade than by concluding our discussion of the Star Wars franchise with our review of Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. Steve Wise, Jason Robbins, and Jonathan McIntosh return. And we're also joined by Wally Phelps and LaVon French as we give our overall thoughts of the movie. And you guys know the drill by this point. This show is spoiler heavy. So if you have not seen the movie, I would suggest you stop listening to the podcast and go see the movie because it's actually very good. We also talk about certain aspects of the story. Did it really retcon The Last Jedi like a lot of people are saying? Did the story play it too safe in some aspects? Did it not explain enough? We get into all of that and more. And we also talk about what Star Wars means to us because we're all pretty much lifelong Star Wars fans. So now that the story has concluded, or at least the Skywalker saga portion of Star Wars has concluded, we talk about what that means to us. This was a really fun discussion and a pretty big undertaking because how do you condense 40 plus years of a franchise into a multiple you know, podcast, really a podcast marathon if you want to call it that. And there's still so many other things that I can think of that we didn't even scratch the surface on, but I'm sure this won't be the last time that Star Wars is discussed on this podcast. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. We have the Rise of Skywalker review on today's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, which starts right now. It is Thursday, January 2nd. Hopefully you all had a fantastic Christmas and Happy New Year. This is the first episode of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast of the entire decade. It's crazy to think that we're already in a new one. So we ended the 2010s by discussing Star Wars. So what better way to kick off the new decade by talking about cats? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Of course, we're talking about... Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and I've got an awesome panel of guests here with me this evening. Joining us via the technology and magic of telephone, we have both writers of the film Monsters Anonymous, Mr. Jason Robbins and Wally Phelps. How are you guys? Hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> I believe this is what, my 25th appearance on the Derek Diamond Experience? You're, you're getting close to the record. We're going to have to throw some type of party whenever it happens. He gets a patch. I was going to send him a gift card for a free download. <laughs> oh, I was, thinking I, had to, I was thinking I had to get a tattoo or something. Well, I don't think he'll ever beat the record because you have that, don't you, Derek? Yeah, true. I'm at, this will be 240. Something can, like that. can you be a guest on your own show? Funny enough, I have been. For one of the earlier episodes, I had a friend interview me and I was the guest. I think it might be the least downloaded episode <laughs> of the entire podcast. <laughs> we know everything there is. So, uh, sitting to my right is the writer, director, and producer of Survey, Steve Wise. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. 
Sitting across from me is uh, one of the stars of, I believe, what's now available on YouTube, The Maple Leaf Murders, Mr. Jonathan McIntosh. How are you? Good. Great. Thank you for having me. And sitting to my left is the award-winning costume designer for Servi, Miss <laughs> LaVon French. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Awesome. So, as I said, we're here to talk about The Rise of Skywalker. We kind of ended things with the last show we did talking about Solo um, Rogue One, Mandalorian, and we also talked about Rise of Skywalker. Well, now it's happened, so we'll let's well, may start. I start off, may yeah. I start off this episode by saying you, your prediction for the end of Rise of Skywalker, you nailed it. Well, and I was going to save this clip for later, but for those who <laughs> may not have listened, this was the. One of the last segments we did for the uh, the podcast where we discussed our predictions for The Rise of Skywalker. Hopefully this works. I'll, I'll go ahead and say mine. Okay, okay, go ahead. I think I know what the last shot of the movie is going to be. I think it's going to take place on Tatooine. Okay. I think for some reason or another, Ray is going to go to the old Lars family homestead. Interesting. Uh, someone's going to be there. It's not really a relatively known character. And she, he or she says, oh, we haven't had you know anyone out here in a long time. What's your name? <laughs> and she's going to say, Ray Skywalker. <laughs> and she's going to look out at the sunset as the, as the <laughs> twin suns start to set. We're going to cut to that wide shot with the force theme. Roll credits. Okay. You know, I think I saw his name in the end credits as co-screenwriter. <laughs> so, so did you get a copy of the script ahead of time? No. I, I will be. I was he's the I was, one. He, actually, my, my first reaction was to call Derek and ask him how he knew that beforehand. I was like, do you know someone at Lucasfilm? Do he you, bought the one off of the eBay. Movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it was just a 100% guess. Because I was thinking, how is it going to end in a way that's iconic and i was thinking of some of the iconic shots from throughout the franchise and one being looking out at the binary sunset over tatooine and it's funny because as the scene before fades to black it fades back into the sky and the camera tilts down and we see the the sand crawler i was sitting next to my friend adam and i was just elbowing him in the <laughs> side i'm like Am I going to be right? <laughs> sure enough, like, I was like, that is so weird. Like, that will never happen again in my lifetime. So. You know, f for a brief second, I thought they were going to go to the planet that was on the Mandalorian with the sand crawler and all that. Um, of course, I was wrong. <laughs> well, it makes sense that they, they did that, though, because that's where it all started. Mm -hmm. And so if you, you know, it started with episode four, I should say. Yeah. But, um, but to start there with where Luke began his journey and to end it with the same with, especially with Ray taking on the Skywalker name, like, like she did. Um, yeah. I mean, it makes a, makes a lot of sense. Well, I thought her going to bury the sabers and essentially mm -hmm. laying the Skywalker family to rest mm -hmm. was a beautiful way to end the movie. And I'll be honest and not because I got the prediction, right. But as the ending started to unfold, I had tears in my eyes. Yeah. Me yeah. too. But what I, about? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, I had tears in my eyes, kind of way back before <laughs> that, but I'm sure we'll talk about it. <laughs> so I guess we'll we'll start with. Um, let's actually start with Wally. What were your what were your overall thoughts of the movie? Because I know you just saw it what a few days ago. Yeah, I saw it on Sunday. Uh, 
watched it with my girlfriend and her two young girls and uh we we all basically had the same reaction that it was a really good movie uh it wasn't i don't think it's like the best movie in the series or anything like that but it, it the way it wrapped everything up and the way i was satisfied with the way they did it and at the end of it i just kept on thinking of all of the different scenes that I thought were just incredible because from like the midpoint of the movie on, I had the tears in my eyes, <laughs> you know, it was just a constant, you know, I was on the verge of breaking down the entire time. What about you, Jason? Uh, pretty much the same reaction. Uh, I feel like I, I felt a lot, it was a lot closer to uh, Force Awakens than Last Jedi, but at the same time, I think it made Last Jedi like I like Last Jedi. I'm not one of the Last Jedi haters. I actually really like that movie. It actually made it better for me, um, and I feel like there was a lot of unanswered questions. But at the same time, they're not really questions I need answered. I like to have a little bit left unsaid because that's the fun of being a Star Wars fan is to kind of talk amongst ourselves and try to come up with our own crazy theories of, of why things happen the way they did, why certain people are still alive, how are they still alive. Like, I like that mystery still being there. I don't need to be spoon fed every little single detail. Um, and that's what we have the new TV shows for is that we can have that that weekly thing where we get to really uh, delve deep into these stories. But these are just, you know, two hour uh, movies about the, the, the Skywalker saga. And now we're done with it. And I'm, I'm quite happy with the way it ended. Would one of those questions be referring to the revelation that happened within the first two or three minutes of the movie? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was one of my few gripes with it is I would have liked to have seen a little bit more explanation as to how Palpatine came back. But I have and I was telling Steve this the other day after you know we saw the movie again. I have little to no doubt that there will be some type of a book or a comic book mini run that delves more into like, you know, the Sith method of him being resurrected. And who knows? He may not have even died falling from the death star at all my personal theory is that he teleported he used the force to get himself out of there because we've now established that force teleportation is possible at least with objects and i mean all we saw of him when he fell was that blue explosion mm -hmm. which could mean anything you know <laughs> i mean we assume that he perished at that point if not then he was still on the death star when it blew up but you know there's nothing to say that he couldn't have uh, gone away yeah. and and that did severe damage to his body or even killed him or put him in some sort of stasis at that point yeah well even with like the sith holocrons and things like that and all the coins and that i mean you know, it was even in the extended universe back in the day that the that the emperor had sent his essence into you know he had cloned himself mm -hmm. just for these con like as a contingency plan. So why why aren't we still using that? You know, like mm -hmm. that's that's the best explanation in my head, and I'm accepting of that. Especially since he has a jar full of artisan made 
Snokes. <laughs> why, why can't he have a jar of Palpatine? Yeah, a jar of Snokes coming to a store near you. Pickled Snoke. Snoke. Would you gosh. like some handcrafted Snoke? <laughs> some pick, some pickled pig Snokes. Bourbon aged. Need a last minute Christmas snack? Find a jar of Snokes. A snack of Snokes. <laughs> I like that snack of Snokes. <laughs> It has to be the O with the apostrophe next to it. It'll be a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> that would be great. That would not surprise me at all. But what about you, Levon? What were your thoughts the first time you saw it? Um, the first time I saw it, um, I was kind of, it was, I'm going to say it was fast paced at the beginning. Um, I know they're trying to wrap everything up in a nice, neat little box with a bow and everything, but I felt like there was a lot of things it was rushed, but I really I didn't have a problem with it. It was like cool. There's a lot of lot of action and everything going on. Um, I thought it was a really beautiful way to wrap up the story. Um, I love the way they handled Leia. See, now I'm gonna start crying. See, look what you did. <laughs> Made me talk about it. Um, it usually happens more often than not. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a really beautiful way of wrapping that up. They handled it very well. Um, the whole I knew. There was going to be a redemption. I knew that was going to happen. Um, my, I had a theory that I'm hitting stuff here. I can't help my arms. I have to use my hands. Um, I had a theory last after the last Jedi that the way they were going to get, you know, explain Leia that she was going to die, and give her her force her essence. I thought she was going to bring Luke back with that. But she did that, but it went to Ben. Mm -hmm. So I knew that was going to happen. I knew I knew his redemption was going to be because of his mother. That had just had to happen. Um, just from that point on, I was just uh, done. <laughs> Chewie's reaction to that was just yeah. Oh my God, the scene with Ben and Han. That that got me. The line that I missed the first time was when Ben said "Dad," and he and Han said, "I know." It's I like, had, oh I, my god! I missed it too because I, I was so did I. lost Just, it. Yeah, I, it, I, I was. I was done yeah. <laughs> for the rest of the movie. Well, and that was the biggest shocker of the whole movie to me. I was not expecting a Han Solo cameo at all, and he's, you yeah. know, Kylo's just standing. Right. Kylo's just standing there, and you just hear this voice go, hey, kid. I was like, wait, who could that be? And then the camera spins around, and you see Harrison Ford. I was just like, oh, my God. And I was, that was just the best kept secret of the movie. I cannot believe that that didn't leak. That was yeah. actually rumored. I, I had read a rumor. But there were so many rumors that yeah. turned out to be wrong yeah. that I just discounted everything <laughs> that I heard. Yeah. It's like, he's back? That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they had to, you know, I was thinking, I don't know, it could have been a green screenshot, you know, because that is easy and you didn't have to bring him to London to do that quick two minutes or whatever it was. I was like, whatever they did, they did it under the cover of darkness. <laughs> What about you, Jonathan? What were your overall thoughts of the movie? Well, uh, I took my 10-year-old daughter with me. So, you know, we've now seen the entire sequel trilogy together. 
uh, when the lights went down and the Lucasfilm logo, you know, appeared, you know, I steeled myself. And of course, when the fanfare started, I elbowed my daughter. She probably has a bruise <laughs> oh on her gosh. left arm uh, <clears throat> because I kept going, did you see that? Did you see that? Uh, so yeah, when, when that fanfare started, I was like, I, I, I teared up a little bit because, you know, I don't know if any future trilogies will use the fanfare or crawl. Uh, so I'm like, if this is the last time, please God, let it be good. And so that got me. Uh, then it just snowballed from there. Of course, the the emperor showing up. Okay, we, we knew that was going to happen. Yeah, how is he back? So I, I was like, okay, I was hanging on every word and eating that up. Of course, seeing Snoke in that jar was just like, okay, <laughs> they're starting with the jokes already. Uh, <clears throat> but... Uh, from there, seeing Ray call Leia master, I was like, "Woo, okay." You know, she's obviously done a lot of uh, training uh, since we last saw her, or at least that's what I assumed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that flashback to where she was fighting Luke with uh, the lightsabers, I'm like, "Oh, okay." So, you know, this is we're now getting a, a, a bigger glimpse into the training that she'd had. Because we just assumed that she decided to use the Force for the first time out of nowhere in Last Jedi. Uh, outside of just the, I have a feeling that somebody's in danger. Um, so that that whole thing about uh, Ray calling Leia Master was like needles. You know, I got, you know, goosebumps. Uh, of course, Han showing up. I teared up when that happened. Um, just... Hearing all the familiar themes uh, that Williams laid out for everybody, I, Babu Freak, uh, uh, you know, of course, you know yeah. he's 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 challenging Baby Yoda now for cutest little. Lady. He needs to be in season two of The Mandalorian somehow. <laughs> he's adorable. Adventures in babysitting. <laughs> yeah. No, that that uh, and then of course C three PO getting his memory wiped. I thought Anthony Daniels was phenomenal, uh, and I'm glad that he really got the attention that C-3PO has been, you know, when, when they go through the quicksand, <laughs> he goes, you didn't mention me, but I'm all right. <laughs> no, I, I just thought he was on fire Yeah, with everything that C-3PO did. He got his, you know, golden moment in the spotlight. Uh, everybody. I mean, yes, like Levon said, I thought the Almost first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, I thought uh, the first 30 minutes or so were bam, 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 too quick. Um, but I was still eating it up. And, you know, once it got to a certain point, they slowed it down. Uh, I was actually shocked that the, the Death Star, I mean, oh my God, when that showed up, but then it was gone. <laughs> I was like, but yes, I, I just felt, like I said, I get I was giving Genevieve elbows, you know, every few minutes. And when it got to the point where you totally guessed the ending, I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm in tears. So yeah, um, I, I want to see that many more times in the theater. I, I can't get yeah. enough of it right now. Steve? Oh, I'm sorry. Were we supposed to watch the movie? <laughs> I thought we were just going off of like a YouTube uh, commentary. Well, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, the 
Thursday, uh, the premiere Thursday, actually, Levon and I were standing outside the the house, you know, the, the, the screening room where um, it was playing an IMAX and the door was open. We heard the fanfare and and <laughs> there were a couple other people that were with us too. And we all just kind of looked at each other and, and like started tearing up at that point. Um, it was just, just hearing the music from the other room was just, I don't know, just sent chills through me. Um, when I did watch it later that evening, um, it, it was like I was nine years old again, you know, sitting in the theater with when the title came up and in the crawl and everything. Um, I was just carried away by the story. I know that a lot of people had problems with um, it being so fast and it was, it just jumped right into it. I didn't have any problem following it. It was just like, okay, we're bouncing from one place to another. And of course the, the light ski, light speed that. skipping I that was, was cool. so cool. That yeah. Was cool. <clears throat> and you know, that, was exactly what Poe's character is and that he's going to take chances. He's going to be risky and do things that are kind of, you know, out thinking out of the box and getting away with it, even if it kind of destroys the ship. Um, but I, I was just filled with joy watching it. Yeah. There were a few things here and there that, you know, kind of like, I'm going to need to watch it again just to see if that sat right with me. Um, by the time that it came to Han's reveal, I lost my breath. I, I, I just, I couldn't breathe and yeah, I started crying. <laughs> um, I didn't really catch a lot of the dialogue and like Levon said, it took the second screening to hear that line and, and that <sighs> just, when I heard it. I, I lost it again. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, I well, gut kick right there. Yeah. Um, the the other place where I lost it was the um, flashback to Luke and Leia training. Mm-hmm. Um, it just that right there. I, I really wish that that scene or that moment was in The Force Awakens. You know that that. I, I would have liked to have seen more of them training and more of that that connected Leia to, you know, being a Jedi. Um, I'm very interested in seeing what novels may come out of this because <laughs> I know that there's well, was... going to be something that will develop that aspect of Leia yeah. more. You were going to say something, Jason? I was, I was saying that um, I was half expecting to see Leia pop up with a yellow lightsaber as kind of an homage to the, the EU because <laughs> she had a, a yellow saber in the extended universe. But did she? It didn't happen. Well, so what we did. saw that at the end. <laughs> did pop up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, extended universe stuff was, was hinted at, but never they never really fully went in on things. Like... The Sith Wayfinder. When I first saw it, I'm like, "That's a holocron." holocron. Yeah, that is a holocron. Why? Why aren't you calling that a holocron? <laughs> you know, they they but, well, they've been know. doing that since the Force Awakens, really. I mean, even right. naming Ben Ben, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, there's right. just a lot of stuff that they just like kind of referenced, but twisted around to where it wasn't an identical copy of it. It was almost like an alternate universe version of of things. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Ray could have introduced herself as Jaina Solo. Right. <laughs> True. For me, if, well, before I get into my thoughts, I remember seeing you, Steve, after opening like the first showing, and you were speechless. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> which I got, is a rare thing. I, yeah. I know that that was what I told most everybody. But um, <laughs> after I saw you, I was like, 
we'll chat about it later. And I remember <laughs> messaging you the next day. I was like, so what you think? <laughs> but uh, there, there were several moments that really I geeked out over. And a lot of them, honestly, were moments from John Williams's score. Oh, yeah. The two especially, when Ray is in the Death Star and she climbs up to the Emperor's throne room, mm-hmm. they played the same bit from when Luke unmasked Vader mm-hmm. at the end of yep. Jedi. And it gave me goosebumps. It yes. even gave me goosebumps the second time. It start, sort of gives me goosebumps just thinking about yeah. it. But then when Ray goes back to Octo and Luke raises the X-Wing out of the water. The same music. The same music. Empire, yeah. yeah. It's even that dun, da da And I was yeah. just like... And <laughs> <laughs> in the in the expression on Luke's face when he, yeah. just, he you know he just kind of glances at her and has this little grin on his yeah. eyes like Nailed it. He, he's he's grinning to the audience you yeah. know he's, yeah. he's kind of winking at us basically <laughs> and, and you know and that was another first uh, Luke the, the spirit Luke catching the the saber yeah yeah, saber. yeah. yeah. a like, Jedi's weapon deserves more respect <laughs> obviously we got to see Ben sitting on a log but we'd never actually seen them grab or touch anything really and well so. the last Jedi introduced the fact that Yoda you know when he brought the lightning down yeah. to, to yeah, destroy absolutely. the tree that he can you know the ghost the force ghost can interact with the the real world if you will the, the physical world mm-hmm. so it does make sense then that if he wants to, he can actually physically touch something. Yes. But yeah. now, okay, let, let's go ahead and, and address that, the, the catching of the uh, the saber. I know that in Last Jedi, that was a big point of contention with a lot of people, that Luke just discarding the the thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, calling it a uh, laser, uh, laser sword. sword. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, there were a lot of re- a lot of reactions that people had was that J.J. Abrams retconned Last Jedi and he discarded a lot of stuff that um, that Ryan Johnson introduced and they pointed to that particular moment that ah okay see he's making fun of Ryan Johnson making fun of Last Jedi but I disagree with that because yeah. I think yes it was a joke and I think it was a good natured joke I don't think it was making fun of right. Last Jedi I think right. it was just like mm-hmm. okay you know we're, we're, let's have fun with this a little bit. But the thing is that, you know, the entire theme of Luke's arc in Last Jedi was he was wrong. Yeah. He He even says it in The Rise of Skywalker. And in Rise of Skywalker, he says it. And and again, people like saying, well, see, see, they're they're saying that Ryan Johnson was wrong. But no, Luke changes at the end and proves that he, he does return as a Jedi because... That's the whole point of it. And, and the theme of the past must die and kill it if you need to. Luke was wrong when he was saying that. And Kylo Ren is the villain. You don't listen to the villain. So, yes, that was said through the entire movie. But by the end of it, it twists around to where that's not the theme. The theme is to embrace what came before. And so, Rise so, what, of so what you're saying, Steve, is that every single one of the fanboys screaming online need to go to college. And learn about character arcs. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> well, and, 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 and that's a, that's an argument I, I refuse to have with people anymore, because if you don't if you don't understand it by now, you're not going to, because. Mm-hmm. 
I saw the character arcs that they had, including the Luke Skywalker one. And the movie, the, the last Jedi was a movie about failure basically. Right. right. And the, what you need and learning from your mistakes. Exactly. And that it's also a movie about how the hero inside of us all it can be awakened if uh, you know if if there's a calling higher than yourself yeah and 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 i i think a lot of that was lost on people right mm-hmm. but i i really feel that the people who think that this movie completely erases that are are wrong because i think it dovetails right into it nicely mm-hmm. because not only do our main characters have this grand adventure during this film, but at the end of the movie, it's it's readily apparent that they would have lost this battle. It wasn't for the fact that all these nobodies showed up. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And that, and I think that's the huge point is that you know it was building to that crescendo, mm-hmm. and I, I feel that people are just they need to listen to me. i've got uh when i saw it i saw it at six o'clock uh on thursday night and when i came out saw steve i saw levon levon said she had already read some stuff so she she was fully prepared she knew what was going to happen so she could just focus on the eye candy um talking to steve was very difficult because i did not (laughs) want to ruin anything and i basically uh narrowed it down to uh, if you liked Force Awakens, you're going to love Rise of Skywalker. If you liked Last Jedi, you're probably not. But see, I like both of those I movies. Did too. I love this I one. I did too. <laughs> well, I'm just, like both. <laughs> and, I, and I loved them both too. And, you know, and I went in there thinking, okay, JJ's probably going to retcon some of yeah. the things that Ryan did, but he didn't. And I thought that he tied everything in perfectly. Uh, those threads that were left over from Last Jedi were not glossed over. They were handled, I guess, as well as, you know, J.J. and Chris Terrio could have handled them in the time that they were given in order to move on. Uh, but that whole scene on Oct 2 was perfect. Yeah. I think it wrapped up Luke as well as anything could have done. Um, yeah, I, I was perfectly fine with everything that had come before. And just to see that he didn't just burn it and retcon yeah. was yeah. great. Well, in, in getting back to the uh, tossing the, the lightsaber, you know, that's what Ray was doing. She was throwing the lightsaber out and mm-hmm. he caught it. And it's like, no, I was wrong here. Yeah. Take it back. But what happened with Kylo Ren when he turned to the light side? Mm-hmm. What did he do? He threw away his lightsaber. <laughs> so th- there was a thread there that J.J. Abrams picked up from The Last Jedi. This wasn't yeah. established in The Force Awakens. This was a Last Jedi thing that J.J. picked up and said, okay, let's run with this and let's mm-hmm. develop this theme a little bit more. And he did that several times. Yeah. And, and another thing that J.J. did, which Ryan, uh, you know, Ryan went into the Jedi archives to find powers that we'd never yeah, seen before. Exactly. And of course, what do they do with this one? Had we not seen Mandalorian first? <laughs> <laughs> but but that in, in the the healing powers was established in 
um, what's now the Legends in the mm-hmm. expanded universe, the original yeah. one. So it's not not, not anything new. This well, is something that's know. been done before. In, We're seeing in it on screen for the first time. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think the only times we saw it was in the book <laughs> and in the video. Yeah. yeah, and that's something I wish we could actually explore a little bit more going forward with some some of the TV shows are going to be coming out with is in the extended universes, you know, different Jedis had different powers. You know, some Jedi were better at telekinesis than others. Some didn't even have telekinesis powers. Some, you know, could heal. Some couldn't, you know, it's like the force isn't just like a, a, a one-stop shop for force powers. It's like different people have different abilities. Yeah. And I, I wish that, you know, they could have could have made that a little more clear in the movies. But, you know, you only have so much time. It all depends on your midi-chlorians. I was going to say that. <laughs> Please don't say that. Please don't, we're not we're not going to say that word here. <laughs> oh, that's great. They had to have you a way to explain it. You go home. They had to have a way to explain Anakin's conception without upsetting people. So they had to have a scientific explanation for it. Which they explain later in the comics, which are canon, that it was Palpatine who yeah. manipulated yeah. the Force to create Anakin. Which I think is... You know, story. I actually saw... Who's uh, your daddy? <laughs> I actually saw somebody... Uh, I forgot who it was, but it was a Lucasfilm employee. It's like, uh, you know what? That panel was only supposed to suggest that, you know, Palpatine was thrilled that this kid existed. <laughs> And not that he actually had anything to do with it. And and then everybody asked the same question. Well, why the hell would he know he was there to begin with? Was this the same Lucasfilm employee that supposedly told me the ending for? <laughs> that one I don't know. Well, the going... one who leaked the ending to you specifically. <laughs> well, going off of Palpatine, the one argument that you could make that J.J. went back and kind of retconned yeah. what happened in Last Jedi was the revelation that Rey was the granddaughter of Sheev, mm-hmm. Emperor Palpatine. The more, like, I didn't, it is, it doesn't bother me still in general, but I think going back and watching it for a second and third time, I think I would have preferred her to be no one. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Because I like yeah. the idea of her essentially coming... Because you can still have that dynamic where Kylo Ren is, you know, oh, I'm from the Skywalker bloodline, so I'm automatically better than you. And then Rey beats him, and he's embarrassed because he's from the same bloodline as Luke, as Vader, and Mm -hmm. he gets beat by a scavenger. And it even is hinted at the very end of The Last Jedi when the kid... You know, picks up the broom with his force abilities that really anyone can be. Right. A Where hero. is that kid? <laughs> <laughs> He's out sweeping and up somewhere. The, one thing that that did really kind of bother me. I always, even before the Last Jedi came out, I always hoped that the, if she would be from nowhere because I hate the idea of anybody who is anybody is related to somebody. Yeah, and it's such a it small universe. It's like the young and the so restless. Small, yeah. The Newmans or the Abbots. But everybody was like, I actually get "Well, she has to be related to somebody because what? <laughs> no, why? Why does she have to?" <laughs> well, I even read they cut out the subplot of the the girl who was the former stormtrooper that was on the that was on Endor was supposed to be uh-huh. Lando's daughter, and they cut out that subplot. Well, I, I had read actually that. Um, it 
could have been because um, he had a daughter who had been taken. Yeah. So it wasn't explicitly that she was definitely his daughter, but that there's a possibility it could have been. Side note, space horses were awesome. (laughs) I liked him. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, if we went into this movie and they somehow, like, shoehorned in that Finn was Lando's kid, I was going to burn the theater down. (laughs) No, he's Mace Windows' kid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He he is Force-sensitive, apparently. Yeah. And they're related. Like, really? (laughs) Well, that being said, I like, if you... If Ray has to be related to someone, I like the Palpatine theory more than her being a Kenobi, Luke's, or or a Kenobi, <laughs> yeah. because I don't know. This kind of means that someone somewhere in the universe went to the Bone Zone with wrinkly old Palpatine. <laughs> um, you, <laughs> Wally. That's for the next movie. <laughs> I mean, I know that's white people like raisins, but. <laughs> This is ridiculous. Oh, uh, and now we know what his comedy set at, at the uh, comedy <laughs> festival is going to be about. <laughs> Go for Grandpa Palpatine. <laughs> there were part. Oh, you, Raleigh Sports Pub, getting ready to. <laughs> have you guys seen the any of the robot chicken? Star yes. Wars skits. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I just kept thinking oh, yeah. of the skit where Palpatine's in his conference room and he gets a phone call from Vader and Vader's crying. Yeah. <laughs> and, Pal- and Palpatine's just laughing the entire time. Like that was going through my mind the second or third time I watched the movie. Yeah. But no, I, I think if she has to be related to someone, I liked the Palpatine theory because then at least you had the sense of, okay, I may not be proud of my background and my family bloodline. But Luke even says the comment, there are things that are stronger than blood. So you're at least overcoming that, that you're not your family before you. But I still would have liked her to be no one. And and honestly, that was, it it didn't really have an emotional impact on me. It it was like, oh, okay. Well, to be honest, as soon as when her and Kylo were having the struggle with the transport and the lightning shot out of her hands, I'm like, yep, She's Palpatine. <laughs> like that that gave it away that right was there. Cool. It was yeah. it was, was cool, cool. Yeah. But her screaming chewy, like, oh my God. That was another of those little moments. Even though you knew probably yeah. that Chewie wasn't on that transport, but for a brief second it's like well, oh it, my god. And that's yeah. kind of one criticism I have of the film well, too, is that everybody who dies isn't dead yeah oh guess what they're really alive oh okay good well you know that was a better exit for chewy than a moon dropping on him (laughs) well that was something i was going to ask you guys i was thinking in the middle of the theater when when he when the transport exploded i was like man did they just did they just new jedi order us right now did they just kill actually kill chewy like the first 30 minutes of the movie nah That, that was there their way, no to, way. Uh, to introduce Lumpy into the <laughs> <laughs> I have come to avenge my father. Side note, I did watch the holiday special Christmas morning. You did? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. oh, I'm so sorry. We'll, we'll save oh, that. Yeah. De- Derek sent me the... the the pictures uh, over text and i was like dude i'm i'm so sorry I how said, brave of you to my do response that. was well i survived happy life day <laughs> that will save right. that discussion for <laughs> but, but anyway that's something i was going to ask you guys do you feel like the movie played it too safe on um, occasion so so yeah. with 
teasing that Chewie died, which I was thinking, okay, it was shocking, but my first thought was, Chewie deserves a little bit better to, you know, he should go out guns blazing, like, trying to save somebody and not explode because of a freak force well, accident. Well, also, it happened off screen. So yeah. when you know he's on the ship and you see the ship explode, but is he really on the ship? Just like was um, Carrie Russell's character really on the planet mm, that exploded? Yeah. You know, like, well, oh, somehow they the, get off. I'll even go and, farther yeah. with 3PO when they made it this huge emotional moment that his memory was yeah. wiped. And then, oh, R2 has a backup. Yeah. I mean, it's a feel good moment, but yeah, I mean, it, it kind of belittles the sacrifice. Yeah. Well, I did. I, I'm going to take some credit for calling that one. I think we did talk about that at one point, Derek, where I, we, were, we I had mentioned that, like, you know, why doesn't like R2 have like a backup of his memory or yeah. something? There's got to be a, it's got to be a 3PO yeah. thumb drive around there. <laughs> no, I, 3PO I, thumb drive. I, I definitely think that they did play it safe, but I guess because of all the backlash they got from Last Jedi they were thinking, okay, this is going to appease the majority of the people who probably had an issue. You know, it's not the same, so we're going to hate it. And so yeah. they gave us a lot of what we were hoping for. Yeah. And which brings me to another issue that I had with the movie, which um, a lot of people had. There was a backlash against Rose Tico. Mm. And yeah. she's in this movie. She's present. She's there. She's yeah. there. And you know, kind of there. And she's there at the beginning and then there at the end. And I kept hoping, okay, she's going to have something to do with the story, right? And no. Yeah, even, no, not really. And even... And the thing that bothered me the most about it is that there are scenes where she would be perfect for... But she just isn't doing it. Like, you know, right. she's an engineer. So the giant blob dude at the beginning of the movie could have been Rose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, the, uh, the the Dom Monaghan character could have been Rose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just there's so much like while I'm watching the movie, I'm like, are they purposefully doing this? And And I have no other explanation other than, OK, we're contractually obliged to have her in the film. And if we don't have her in the film, then there's going to be a backlash. So she's there, but we're just not going to do anything with her. Yeah, that was that, yeah. that was glaringly obvious how they just kept pushing her into the background. And <clears throat> she got, I, I, what's the appropriate word? I mean, <laughs> screwed. Yeah, screwed. thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Thank you. Uh, she she royally got it, yeah. and that was yeah. just uh, a, a total disservice. Uh, you know, when they're doing all the pre-release hype um, with uh, Jana Rose and uh, Zori, it, yeah. I keep, I keep yeah. forgetting is it Zori, but they they keep making them out just to be uh, like the Red Stormtroopers. We thought they were going to yeah. have a huge presence in it, and it's two seconds, right? Well, in, in the one moment that really got me mad was between Rose and Finn. And it's like, okay, they had this big connection. I mean, yeah. they had an entire subplot in, in Last Jedi. There's a connection there. And, I mean, she saved his life. And you think, okay, there's some sort of romantic interest that's going to be building. And it's okay for them not to pursue that. But he literally just pats her on the shoulder and walks past her. 
that could have been a moment where, okay, the two of them connected, that there's an acknowledgement that they have a past, they have some history, and no, it was just, okay, well, you know, have fun, <laughs> bye. And like, what, right. what were and they doing? What was her excuse? What was that? That Leia was needing her services? Yeah, she, she had to stay. Right. She had to stay yep, because stay. You know, they, she had to research something. She had to analyze the Star Destroyers. Yeah. Something, whatever, because do, Dominic Monaghan right. couldn't do it. I do like they like threw in yeah. they threw in the Holdo maneuver. It's like thank I, you for I, yes, like saying her name that yeah. people hate so much. But <laughs> I thought that was great that they that he did. and there were a number of things like that that were direct references. Oh yeah, to the last and I and yeah. I think they talked about the the, the battle for crate. Yes. yes. I thought that yeah. was, you know, I, I really liked the fact that they put all of that in. And, and like we were mentioning that they would, well, oh, that movie really just never existed. Right. And they could have very easily just not referenced it. Yeah. You know, not, not contradicted yeah. the events, right. but just not mentioned right. it. Yeah, well, and, and the thing that gets me about, speaking of that piece of dialogue where, where uh, Poe was actually discussing Craig, a scene like that between Finn and Rose would have been welcome. And mm-hmm. I think my biggest criticism of the movie in general is that it doesn't let the characters breathe like yeah. any of the other ones do. Um, they They're just kind of racing everywhere. plot point, plot point, plot point, plot point, plot point. And then Poe gets this scene uh, that none of the other background characters do. And I understand it because at the end of it, he has to have that whole, you know, I don't think I'm ready thing. But at the same time, it's like, what about everybody else that you introduced us to? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I just thought of a, a, a nice, or I should say a backwards character arc, General Hux. <laughs> he's, he's a complete a-hole in Force Awakens, and he winds up being a little bitch. Yeah. And he, he, right. just, he just dies. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm the spy. I liked Dead. that he was the spy. I expected I it. I hated yeah. how he died. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of like that because it was just like, boom, you're dead. Okay, cool. Let's move on. <laughs> well, there you go. And he wasn't resurrected. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, true. Right, that's true. He wasn't resurrected because he was a bad guy. <laughs> no, I, 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 I thought they were going to do something like in Rebels uh, that he was going to be like Fulcrum or something like that, where uh, they had uh, an Imperial spy in the ranks the entire time who gets outed later on and then joins the resistance. It would have been yeah, great. Yeah, to have... I was kind of expecting him to do something more, but yeah. uh, I liked his line where he says, I don't care if you win. I just want Kylo Ren to lose. Yes. Right. I love that motivation because that is a natural progression from where we see him mm-hmm. in the force awakens all the way through to the last Jedi, because you can tell how pissed he is yeah. that Kylo Ren has declared himself supreme leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then another thing, I liked the callback uh, when they had the conference room. Everybody was seated at the table, and Kylo pulls a you know a Vader. Obviously, he threw him to the ceiling. But I was like, gosh, we haven't seen a, a bad guy sitting around a, a table in a yeah. long time. It was, uh, I mean, obviously, it was a direct reference to A New Hope. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple direct references to A New Hope in that one. <laughs> but... Um, but I liked it. I was like, okay, they're, they're, the bureaucracy still exists. And there were some like funny little, like I like it, the look, the way they were talking about his look or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the new mask. Yeah, the new mask. I like it. And apparently the, the design with the, the red seams mm-hmm. is taken from Japanese culture. 
Oh, really? About yeah. yeah. <laughs> the With the gold, gold yeah. inlay. Yeah. And then, of course, when we find out that it's a chimpanzee that's doing all the <laughs> welding, I was like, ooh, are they bringing in war? You know, Planet of the Apes? <laughs> I had that exact thought, too. I was like, are we having a crossover here? Like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I, that, those little things like that. And, okay, here's, here's another thing that kind of threw me for a second. The, the Star Destroyer cannon... Um, yeah, which gave the a Death Star. So okay, we have the remains of the Death Star, but here we go destroying another planet. And I'm like, okay, they just but, but it uh, up the ante because every ship had that capability. So it's not yeah. just well, here's this ball in space that's floating around to you know destroy a planet or two. It's that we can send out this entire fleet to every single planet and. Mm-hmm. Have them. I mean, they hinted under- at it at the beginning of Last Jedi with the dreadnought that they took out. Yeah. You know, I mean, that wasn't, at least we didn't know that it had planet destroying capabilities. It just wiped out the rebel base. But then to see them increase the strength, and this time I think it took like two or three shots to take out uh, Kajimi. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I was like, okay, well, they could have done that to Canto Bite instead. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of fanboys would have loved that. Now, just on kind of a, a obscure but what about all those direction. dead horses we have on our hands? That's fair. <laughs> That's very fair. Richard E. Grant's character, uh, Admiral Pride, mm-hmm. he looked a lot like Werner Herzog. Yeah. And I, all along I'm thinking, okay, are they going to tie him into his character in The Mandalorian or something? But I, I'm sure it was just random, you know, yeah. just kind of a coincidence. But uh, it's just like you know, they, they, the two actors resent, have a they strong do. resemblance to each I other. I had that same thought, too. It is. There's a. There's another character. I think it was in Rebels. She, the general. Pro, I think there's another character that's that same name or very really? similar. Yeah. It's in sure. Rebels. Yeah. I, that I, I thought because I'm not as familiar mm-hmm. as I am with the movies, but I've heard that name before. It's a female. Mm-hmm. She's an officer. Yeah, I think you're right. I. I have a vague memory of that because I haven't seen, I've watched all of Rebels all at once, but it's been about a year. So. I always, uh, the the character you're talking about, uh, I think she was uh, a governor or something Governor like Pride. That. It's governor. And, and every time I watched that cartoon, I kept reminding, she looked like um, Spalco in Crystal Skull. I mean, she was basically, uh, I guess, the, the model for that character. And I always thought, well, it would be cool if they tied that in because the <laughs> interdimensional transporting of that character at the end of Crystal Skull, she wound up in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> That's a movie I've tried to sponge from my mind. <laughs> yeah. Another side note I want to throw in, the use of Lando was perfect. I thought his entrance was cool. I thought he was in it just enough yeah. for a feel-good moment. Right. And I thought they used him perfectly. I felt like right. that the first time I saw it. Um, I'm going to throw a little criticism in, though. His entire line delivery, it was fun. And he was like, oh, okay, hey, I'm back. But there was no other variation to that. Yeah. It, every scene was just like, hey, I'm here. Wonderful. I'm, you know. And it would have been nice to have a little variance, especially when he was, you know, right after Leia died. To have a little bit of gra- um, you know, grief, le- yeah, some grief, some something a little bit darker instead of just that yeah. cheerfulness that he that it, it almost seemed one note. 
Mm-hmm. Well, what'd you think of that little backstory that he and Luke had been working together? I like that. Yeah. I would like to see that yeah. explored in <laughs> some other medium. <laughs> Coming to bookstores. My biggest problem with the whole thing is they showed us too much of him in the, uh, the previews. So by the time we get to the final battle, it kind of took you know that moment away from us when he shows up with all the other you know people from around the galaxy to help fight because we knew it was coming because we saw yeah. it in the trailer. Yeah. So it would have been great to have uh, Nine Numb as his co-pilot again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, they showed him yeah. for like two seconds. Yeah. But but him and Chewie behind the wheel of yeah. Falcon was yeah. really yeah. nice. <laughs> it was. Because I, I was... I mean, wor- oh, go ahead, Wally. I was going to say that that moment is very similar to the uh, end of Endgame. And I, I don't feel <laughs> I that it hit that, that emotional note that it really should have uh, at that time. Uh, but I still enjoyed it. But I still, I feel like the execution could have been a little more, you know, like, check this out type situation but it, it kind of didn't do that but but it was okay still well, what'd you think uh when you saw wedge oh, oh yeah, that, that was, was awesome god i wish you uh, we saw more of honestly i feel like we didn't see a, enough of the pilots of the ships in general yeah um I, you know they all just seem like like during Space battles, normally they'll cut back and forth between as many of the uh, primary uh, attack squads as as they can, while in this it was mostly Mm Poe. But when I saw Wedge, it it became blaringly clear that we weren't doing that because we weren't going back and forth between them. It just, you know, it was just Lando, Poe, Lando, Poe. And I'm like, there's four people in this battle please show them to me yeah and, <laughs> you know? and that's another thing too i thought finn was going to sacrifice himself you know he was like i'm going to stay here oh, i'm going to take yeah. out take out this star destroyer i i seriously thought that they were going to you know kill him off well, maybe that would have been right. too close you to know rose me. wasn't there to save him in the last <laughs> minute that's true <laughs> so as we start to wrap up here I do want to ask you guys because I was I meant to ask this before we did the last show, but I think now that the saga is completely wrapped up, we can sum it all up in in one little segment here. We'll we'll start with Steve because I know you've got to head out in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. What does Star Wars mean to you? Well, I've, I've I'm sure I've said this before on a previous podcast, but you know I, I saw the you know, a new hope when I was nine years old and that was when it was released. And it's, I know it for me to say, yeah, as a child, it changed my life, but it really did. It put me firmly in the direction of, I want to make movies and star Wars has been with me in one way or another, my entire life. Um, when I was 18, I remember talking to my grandmother about, I mentioned something about Star Wars, and she kind of looked at me and said, "Oh, are you still into that? That isn't that just for little kids?" I'm like, no, <laughs> like this is never going to be just you know uh, something that you know I put aside. I know that you know probably for the majority of people out there, it's just a movie. It's just a series of movies, and some of them are good, some of them are bad. But to me, 
that entire universe, it, it transcends just movies. You know, they, they've, George Lucas was able to create something that, you know, I can just disappear into and, and really, I don't know. It just, it just has really deep meaning for me. Jonathan. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's a 42 year, you know, storyline that has been with me for the majority of my life. Uh, I'm glad that we have at least what we believe is a resolution. And it has, much like Steve, it definitely steered me towards wanting to tell stories, you know, in some scale, you know, to some extent. And yeah, I mean, I was, I'm happy the way it ended. I have really, outside of minor nitpicks, this was a phenomenal way to go out. And I'm glad I got to share it with my daughter. I, I'm glad I got to share it with, you know, family and friends. And yeah, I mean, the, the years without the story were long. And, you know, I'm glad that we had books and comic books and television shows and action figures to carry us through. And it was just, if, I hope we get many more, but in the meantime, if this was the last Star Wars movie, then I would, I, yeah, I, I believe that uh, my soul is full when it comes to Star Wars. <laughs> Levon, what about you? Well, I probably can echo what Steve and Jonathan said. It's been, I mean, it's been a huge part of my life, you know, growing up. I mean, I mean, it was a huge part, you know, and for the longest time, I thought I was the only one that was still just this huge Star Wars fan, you know, and then I discovered these groups that you can actually dress up in these <laughs> characters. Um, but I just, I, I mean, I love these movies. I love the characters. Um, I'm sad to see it end, but I love the way they wrapped it up. Um, it really, obviously, it influenced me and in things that I do, building costumes, because I love I mean, I just love looking at these beautiful things and, and creating these characters. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I hope there's more, but I'm okay the way they wrapped it up. And thank you, George Lucas, for creating this universe. I think sometimes he sort of gets kind of slammed for mm -hmm. stuff. But if it weren't for George Lucas, we would not be sitting here today talking about it. Episode 9 of American Graffiti, basically. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Wally? Return of the Jedi was the very first movie I ever saw in a theater. Um, I was three years old, and I remember it. Uh, fast forward two years later, I was the only five-year-old kid who knew not only what a traveling mat was, but how to reproduce it using the blue screen and, and multiple passes of film. And when I first saw Fraggle Rock and the character's name was Uncle Traveling Matt, I was the only <laughs> kid in the world who knew what that meant because I cared so deeply for how they did the speeder bikes that I knew all of this <laughs> and thus began my interest in making film 
So Star Wars is a very deep, deep connection with me. And I am exceedingly happy with the way this has been going, um, even if it's not perfect, because, you know, every single Star Wars movie that has come out has positive things in it. And I am of the idea that whichever trilogy came out while you were in those formative years, that's the one you're going to love the most. Because uh, as much as the prequels get hate from my demographic, there is a whole generation of people who tell me that that's their favorite ones. For, for my little one, she can hardly get through any of the, the original or the prequel movies, but she loves the new trilogy and freaks out every time she sees Kylo Ren or BB-8 or anything like that in a Disney park. And it's just such a part of my life that I couldn't imagine what my life would be without it. You've made me want to watch Fraggle Rock. (laughs) (laughs) That is not hard for me. (laughs) What about you, Jason? Well, I mean, you know me. Star Wars has been literally a part of my life for as long, my entire life, as long as I can remember. I have pictures of me when I was three years old surrounded by Star Wars toys at Christmas time. And it's the reason I want to make movies. It's the reason that I started making movies. Uh, It's been a source of inspiration and thousands of hours of uh, conversations and uh, friendships. And I have surrounded myself with Star Wars memorabilia on the walls. I collect Star Wars things. I've, you know, between the the dark years between Jedi and <laughs> Episode One, when there was nothing, you know, I was one of the few people flying the the Star Wars flag because I loved the the extended universe books and the comic books and all that stuff. So it's all. I'm just I'm glad that they did a good job with ending the Skywalker saga, but I know that we, you know, now that Disney owns the property, we've got so much more stuff coming out as far as the TV shows and all that. I've always been the one person just like, just give me all the Star Wars. I'll take it. (laughs) Give me all of it. And um, I will consume every bit of it. And I'm excited for what the future holds. Uh, I hope they do a Knights of the Old Republic trilogy next. That would be, if they could do that, I would be a happy boy. And, um, but yeah, Star Wars is just, it's, it's definitely, uh, an integral part of my life. And I, I don't know what my life would be like without it. I this mean- is the way. This is the way. <laughs> I have spoken. <laughs> For me, I mentioned this when we talked about the original trilogy, but one of my very clear memories from when I was a kid was watching the original unaltered trilogy at my uncle's house in the black VHS set with the with Darth Vader on the cover. Yeah, I've got him in my uh, in one of my other rooms here. From that to then going to see the special editions with my parents when I was a kid, seeing all three of the prequels with my family and friends to now the new ones. You know, I associate Star Wars with a lot of positive 
family memories. And that, among other reasons, is why like it's head and shoulders above all my other interests. You know, I love Legend of Zelda. I love many other video games and movies, but Star Wars will always be head and shoulders above all the others, and that's one of the big reasons. Here, here. You know, from I still remember watching, you know, the originals multiple times with my uncle, my grandma, my parents. It became a family thing. And I may have told this story when we were talking about the originals, but when Hurricane Ivan hit here, you know, back in 2004, right around that same time was when the original trilogy was released on DVD for the first time. And my parents had to go to Crestview to get supplies because everywhere else that was closest to us didn't have any. And when they came back, they had bought the the trilogy on DVD and we watched A New Hope that night. <laughs> so a lot of good memories. And, and, and it was, in a way, it's sad to see the story that you know, I know has been around a lot longer than I've been on this earth, but I'm excited for the future. I'm excited to see what happens with the Mandalorian. I'm excited to see you know, the, even the Cassian Andor series, but I'm so excited for the Obi-Wan mm-hmm. series because he's always been my favorite character. Obi-Wan and R2 have been my two favorite characters since I was a kid. And when that yeah. was announced, like that was a huge geek out moment for me. So I'm so excited to see what else happens. Like Star Wars is not going to go away. Like the Skywalker sto- story is done. But Star Wars itself will hopefully be around, you know, long after all of us are gone. So um, on that note, do you guys have um, anything else you want to say about the franchise before we call this an episode? Oh, I did. I, it was just something about the movie. I just remember you, you mentioned Obi-Wan. And when the scene in Rise of Skywalker, when you hear all the voices, all the Jedi voices, and you hear Hayden... Like yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually had that scene spoiled for me, and I did not like it. Oh, I was like, "Oh my god, it's Hayden! Yay, yay!" <laughs> <laughs> it I was, gets to be in the last movie. <laughs> that made me happy. Me too. The cool yeah. thing, the cool thing is they all they used Ewan McGregor, but they also used a, a soundbite from Alec Guinness. And for those who may not know, they took the clip of him saying to R2, don't be afraid, but they cut out afraid to where it sounds like he's saying Ray. And that's how they got around using Alec Guinness's voice. I remember reading it because the same thing happened in The Force Awakens mm-hmm. when Ray has her vision. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. It was awesome. Yeah. If they, everybody likes their trilogy. You know, we grew up with the original trilogy. Some kids grew up with the prequel trilogy, and obviously we know a lot of kids who are going to be fans of the sequel trilogy. I think no matter what, Disney is going to take some time off. They're going to hopefully come up with a nice, clear plan to what they want to do in the future. I'm excited for it. I I really... Uh, I can't wait. I mean, we've got Mandalorian to tide us over in the meantime, and I really, you can hate Disney for doing what they did to all your beloved original characters, but they tied it up in a nice bow, and I'm super thrilled that we got what we got. I agree with that. Well, guys, in closing, thank you guys for taking the time to talk Star Wars, and I'm sure this won't be the last time that we talk about it on the podcast. Thank you once again to Steve, Jason, Jonathan, Wally, and LaVon for taking the time to have that really fun discussion on the rise of Skywalker. As I said at the beginning of the show, I'm sure this won't be the last time that Star Wars is discussed 
on the podcast, so I'm sure you'll see all of them again very soon in some form of fashion. Which you'll actually see some of them for next week's show because coming up this weekend is the Pensacola Indie Fringe and Comedy Festival, which takes place January 2nd through the 5th in various locations around downtown Pensacola that include stand-up comedy, panels, and more. If you want to get tickets, go to ComedyPensacola.com. And I'll actually be hosting several panels this upcoming Saturday, which will be at the SCI building located on Garden Street. I believe I'll be hosting panels from 11 a.m. until 6 p.m. And you may remember at Pensacon last year, I hosted a panel called Defending Bad Movies, where essentially I would draw names out of a hat of critically panned movies and the contestants could only say good things about them. Well, we're going to be doing that again with comedies, and we're going to be doing that this weekend from 5 to 6 at the SCI building, and I will be recording the audio, and that will be next week's podcast. So we have that to look forward to for next week's show. But until then, you can check out past episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. And if you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Podcast. And thank you, as always, to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, for providing the theme music for the podcast. Their songs Late Night drive Through" and Light and Jazzy can be found on their album Greetings from the Space Van, which you can find on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify. And speaking of the Unicorn Wranglers, two of them will be making their return to the podcast very soon to discuss the film 1917. And that's going to be coming up in just a couple of weeks. But I think that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you once again to Steve, Jason, Jonathan, Wally, and LaVon for the awesome Star Wars discussion. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Hope to see you out at the Comedy Festival. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. <laughs>